0: You're free, you're free. Wrapped it up you right there, did you are free 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 and we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols, and I'm gonna stay on track. That's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, and every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations, and we end the show by 11 p.m. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll do our best. Um, yeah, so Central Time, right? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, oh yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so every <laughs> week we, um, we it's just me together. and Parnell. We get together. It's just me and Prunell. But this week is different. This week we have third person in the room a third individual but not quite a friend in the room, but, person
1: uh, not quite an give or take friend on
0: in the uh, air i can hear you nice. identify yourself i
1: can <laughs> hear
2: you in uh, <laughs> the air waves to uh
1: lie. this is Bedrock. very good music and bgmania 2v gem podcasts
2: oh. <laughs> he can and the movie bar two podcasts. with podcasts. dyad
1: Who's from... another BGM podcaster, but we talk about <laughs> like courtroom movies and stuff because he's also a lawyer. Uh, but yeah, so, um, but now I'm on this podcast. Nice. So, <laughs> well,
0: that's something I didn't know about but the podcast. Not, guy, not but... permanently. Just this week. Oh, okay. Do what? Uh, it's something I didn't know about the podcast. Actually, our uh, our episode last week, which um, heard, yeah, I don't think anyone's heard yet, but our episode last week was a little, a little bit about the criminal justice system by accident. So, um, <laughs> oh hope, well, yeah.
3: So so now we know the dyad is a master of VGM law. VGM <laughs> law.
0: <laughs> I like that. BGM law, nice. Um, yeah, yes. so, yeah, so yeah, the the very good music podcast, an excellent VGM podcast, but also BGM mania. So, did you just start that on on that
1: on that show or or? or... So, uh, BGM mania has been a show has been around for a while. Um, the host uh, Brian has been he actually is the operator. I'm kind of stumbling over all this. So BGM mania is a long running VGM podcast. BG mania, so like background music BGM, but BG mania. Uh, he hosted that with his friend Frank for a couple of years. And Frank recently had to leave the show, just he got too busy with life and everything. So I had gone on the show a couple of times as a guest, and Brian and I have really good chemistry. And so I just said, hey, hey I can fill in you know, for a little while, and we'll see how it goes. And, and it's gone well, so I enjoy it. It's a different vibe. He plays his tracks in blocks, and so we talk kind of between the tracks or like between the, the blocks of three tracks hmm. whereas mine is more traditional uh shuka pow and i talk about a track play it talk about a track play it and it's you know, it's just a little different dynamic. Uh, wrangling a sixteen year old every week is <laughs> sometimes a chore, but yeah. with Brian's show I just have to show up and bring some tracks. I basically get to be Purnell, so it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the personality. You get to be the f- you get to be the Fraser. <laughs> and someone else gets to be go. the Raz.
0: There it is. And <laughs> <That's right.
3: laughs> a trick for Shoot Pal, you gotta offer him credits towards a Nintendo game. <laughs> every couple of episodes, like you get one Nintendo game off the Nintendo eShop, but you got to come to the episodes.
1: When I started thinking of it more as just my show with a co-host who sits and plays the game most of the time, and every once in a while I make him chime in, it, it went a little bit smoother But <laughs> I stopped expecting him to carry equal weight on the show. Ah, I see.
3: <laughs> I can imagine if it was like how our show is like, you could pass the cover to the show. It's like, you got your three tracks? Dead. I had a game this week, and I, we, went to, the, we got, went to the movies. Like, I ain't asking you went to the movies. I asked if you got your three tracks picked out. We got a show to produce.
0: <laughs> did you finish yep. your homework? Yep. Did, you, did you get your music picked? <laughs> did you get your music picked? Okay, guess we're going to have to let one slide. Look,
1: look up the composers. <laughs> 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 yeah. Nah, he was always good about picking his music. It was just it, it, like teenagers, the attention span went. Everywhere and oh, he couldn't yeah. sit still while we were recording. So, you I, know, I just, mean, yeah.
0: These, yeah. these podcasts are so much <clears> about <throat> nostalgia from when we're that age. So you, you, yeah. can't, you can't, it's hard to separate those two things where you have to remember that we were also like that while we were enjoying these things. I
3: we're, don't know. I, I will say, personally, if we were getting together weekly, like keep in mind, I went to like a voc tech school that had an actual like communications environment for these kind of stuff too. But like if we were getting together weekly to talk about a game or games, oh, I will ramble your head off. Yeah. But it will be about current games because I'm not old enough to have nostalgia.
0: It would be totally like, this is the game I played last week. Well, actually, in high school, I played a lot of Atari, so there wasn't a lot of music in Atari games. But yeah, I could talk to you a lot about Atari games, 2600 and all that stuff. Um, all right, so anyway, huh. we have Bedroth on the show today because this is a very special Mother's on Day episode. A, on a
3: very special episode of Rhythm and
0: Pixels. Yeah, t- <laughs> Bedroth
3: wants to come to talk about motherly love.
0: Your and- mother. <laughs> my mom what you say about my mom well, uh,
1: <laughs> I, I thought it made made good sense i was on the show uh, um about, i guess about a year and a half ago now and talked about video game dads because i was the sort of resident dad vgm podcaster uh ed has had logan on the show a couple of times but i regularly as we've been talking about have mine on the show and so i thought it would be a nice sort of Flipping a coin to uh, come on and talk about moms this time.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great idea. There's a lot of great video game moms. I would love that you just said that, because I was asking about to say literally the exact opposite. No, there's a lot. And, and <laughs> the more you dig into it, the more they're around, they're there. So this is why I'm hoping, like, I I mean,
3: we could think about what this after the episode, but I'm contemplating, Steve, about getting people to use this as the Patreon topic for May. Because I admit, I acknowledge up front that I didn't give myself a lot of time to dig deep. But... When I was looking, I was like, wow, there really aren't a lot of video game moms I've come across to, like, say, like, Ness's mom, where it's just like, here, have some, your favorite food, here's your hit points, now get out of my house, and then you never talk to her again, unless you call her to save your game or something, Mm. but, like, it's, I mean. We're going to talk about that later. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward (laughs) to that thing, yeah, because, like. I was like maybe it'd be cool if the patrons were like writing into like here are the moms that i like from games because i was hitting some roadblocks
0: yeah i
1: i started I would say it was yeah a little tough for me at first too but then i think i'm about to say what rob's about to say so i'll let rob say yeah it with all with all topics it's like i start to get
0: into it and then it just sort of snowballs and, I'm, and i start to see the connections yeah. you know And I, i'm liking that meme and i'm seeing all of like the beautiful mind like math arithmetic symbols <laughs> and everything. Out about? <laughs> yeah um so without further ado Bedroth, your
1: mother. Yes. Your first mom. (laughs) (laughs) My first mom. Uh, So I thought it was only fitting because my bonus round pick from last time Mm
2: -hmm.
1: was Asgore from Undertale, who is the goat dad. He's one of the last bosses in the game. And he is the father of the actual last boss in the game, uh, Asriel Dreamer. And I played a really rocking cover of Asgore's theme. Well, this time I'm going to start out with one of the first tracks in Undertale, one of the first fights that you have, and a really, really meaningful fight for a lot of people. This track is called Heartache. I'll talk a little more about it when we come back. And this was composed by Toby Fox.
0: Back, you just listened to Heartache from the game Undertale. <laughs> I liked how I said that really a positive way. Heartache <laughs> from Undertale. This is composed by Toby Fox and picked by our guest, Bedroth. So, um, yeah, you, so we played the, the Asgore theme during the dad's episode. But tell us a little bit more about um, this character.
1: All right, so this character, or this is the song that plays when you fight Toriel. Who is one of the first characters you meet in the game? The actual very first character you meet is Flowey, a flower, who tries to kill you, and Toriel saves you from this flower, and then guides you through some ruins, uh, ruins, not runes, guides you through some ruins uh, in sort of the tutorial area of the game, and then takes you to her house, where she bakes you a cinnamon butterscotch pie, says that you can stay there as long as you like, and then you try to leave, and she doesn't want you to. And she's very clingy, very protective, and says that there's nothing out there except danger and monsters, and you're safer there with her. And she wants you to stay with her, and so you have to fight her to get out. And it's a, it's it's really heart wrenching, especially for people who go back and play the game. Mm. You find out later on down the line why she was this way, and it has to do with how she lost her. Her, her biological kid, hmm. or think she lost her biological kid, and so that's why she acts this way. And Toriel's a really beloved character. Uh, she's she's this uh, anthropomorphic goat lady, um, as I was lady Goat with the Dad. Right? There, yeah, yes, yes, with the apron, the apron with the upside down Triforce symbol on it. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: Yeah, this is one of those uh, games. Which... I, th- I think I've talked about it before, where it's like I just now I know I need to play this game because so I know I'm going to fall in love with it. But it really entered like everyone's psyche. Like it's been it's it's just the popularity shot so fast. Like everybody knows these characters and mm-hmm. this music, whether they played the game or not.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I and Toriel's a big one. So I feel like any episode about video game moms, if we if we didn't include Toriel, I mm-hmm. would have felt like we left yeah. something
3: which means you did the do for both of us because I only know about her (laughs) loosely and Rob doesn't know about her at all. So So it would have been like, we would have just omitted her by, not by choice, just we didn't know she existed. I know the
0: soundtrack. I know the Undertale soundtrack pretty well. And it's just, I love every time I hear the music from it, I'm just like, oh, I just, I guess it transported, transported me to a place. I mean, to a different place, probably from the people who played the game. But I love the mixture of the instrumentation with that kind of like chippy sound, that kind of fake bit, like chip sound. With the
1: um, fake bit, I like that. Yeah,
0: I've heard someone say that like in a very like disparaging way, but it's very like honest, you know. Like, we're not out here, yeah. like, you know, I'm like people who are it's not worth the time like <laughs> hacking a Nintendo or, or a Game Boy to make the music anymore. Just use some software and like mix it with whatever other instruments you want to use because it could end up sounding really, really great. Um, we know Gucci, you know, with adding guitars and bass in a full band, but with Undertale, you know, you get like piano and strings and other synthesizers and it sounds excellent. It sounds really, really good. And you yeah. get that fun nostalgic feel of, of the classic um, sound.
1: So And it's a testament to what Toby Fox did. Heartache isn't even one of my favorite tracks. Like I wouldn't even put it in my top five from the soundtrack, but it's so good. Like I can't I can't say anything negative about it. It's just I like other ones better. And it's Even the tracks I don't love are just objectively good tracks.
3: And the thing I remember, like, there was a game called Yik. I like to call it Yik, but it's pronounced Y2K. And it Mm. was a fan game that was made a couple years ago. And it didn't get received very well. It was classically panned by the community as a whole. But one thing that people will always come out and say, if there's one thing in this game that was worth checking out, it's the one track Toby Fox did for the game, <laughs> because it is a really good track. It's a battle theme he put into the game.
0: Oh, wow. It wasn't even just like like a background theme somewhere. It was a full-on battle theme, huh?
3: Mm-hmm. It's a really good battle theme, too.
0: All right. Well, Purnell, what's what's your first track, then? All right. I was struggling like the Dickens to come up with tracks for this episode,
3: but I did have... Well, not because I couldn't come up with them, but it was actually a couple of cases where I was like, I, I have more tracks than open spaces, so... But I think I came across a few, and I'm going to go with this one to start because this was the quick, the first mom that worked for me. Okay, this is from the game Breath of Fire 2, and the track title is called "Don't Even Think About Dying," and it's composed by Yuko Takehara. Welcome back, you're listening to Don't Even Think About Dying from the game Breath of Fire 2 on the Super Nintendo composed by Yuko Takihara. Now, this is a sad track. You can tell by the sound, of course. And it's unfortunate that I had to choose such a track, but earlier in the episode, which honestly isn't that far long ago, I was talking about how I didn't think of I couldn't think of too many VGM or video game moms that were like upfront and personal in a game narrative. <laughs> or actively partaking in the action of the game mm-hmm. but the first mom that came up was from this game in the form of rand's mother daisy rand is a character in the game that i'm not quite sure what species he is i guess he's a horse man he has a head shaped <laughs> kind of like a horse <laughs> okay. but his body's so big his head's just tiny and that's not how a horse is anyway i'm rambling so <laughs> interesting <laughs> so like as a Eventually, as you play through the, as you play through the game, Rand is like the tough character. He's the buff guy who does all the heavy lifting. He's the voice of reason in a number of cases. And eventually, you come across the town he's from, and you meet his mother. And his mother is very like in his face. She always like talks to him like you dumb ox. What are you doing? Like she kind of she's like that tough love mom. You know, like you can never please your mother. That kind of deal. And. As you're playing the game, and during this, these scenarios, you're like, his mom didn't like him very much. That's how you perceive it, you mm-hmm. know? But later on in the game, she gets kidnapped by the evil force in the game. I'm not going to spoil it so much because Bedroth hasn't played it yet. So eventually, you realize that they took her, and you go to rescue her on, like, one of the games. I would call it the penultimate chase because there's a second final chase, too, but this is the penultimate one where you're going through, like, the semi-final dungeon. Mm-hmm. And as you're roaring through the dungeon... You've already rescued his mother at this point, and she's just kind of waiting by the wayside downstairs while you're climbing this big tower, and you get caught in a trap while these walls are closing in and trying to kill everybody. Think of it like Final Fantasy IV's thing with Palam and Param, And the strong guy, Rand, is trying to hold the walls back while everyone else gets away, and he does it, but he can't get out, and he's about to get crushed by the walls. And as he's about to give up, his mom shows up and is like, what are you doing, you idiot? I raised a stronger son than this. And he's like, I can't do it, Mom. I can't. I'm tired. And she's yelling. I was like, don't tell me that. She's like, look, I'll help. But she runs and tries to help and push the walls apart. And they can't do it together. So she goes, okay, well, that's how it's going to go. She runs back, and she takes a running start, and she slams into him and knocks him out of the way. And then she's holding the walls apart while she's saying goodbye to him, and then the walls crush her and kill her.
0: And she's just like, in her last words, like, you're a good son. Oh, wow. This music is really fits
3: yeah it hits hard like i played Mm. this game back in 1994 and i still remember that like it sticks with you wow and even though you might have heard me say it here i promise you when you play the game it still clicks Mm. it's just something about it and again as a person who always kind of felt like i think for as important as moms are to us as people I feel like mothers deserve more love in actual oh, video games. And yeah, I
0: don't think they get nearly enough. I think so too. I think so too. Because on my track, it's um, it's very much a side story. <laughs> <laughs> this is, and bear with me, the theme of Blanca. <coughs> this is the Street Fighter IV version, okay. yeah. composed by Yoko Shimomura and arranged by Hideyuki Fukasawa. We're back. Are you listening to the theme of Blanca from Super Street Fighter 4, composed by Yoko Shimomura and arranged by Hideyuki Fukasawa? <laughs> so I picked this track because in Street Fighter 2, and I could have picked the music from Street Fighter 2, Blanca's <laughs> ending theme, and I could have picked the ending theme from Blanca, but I did not do any of those things. <laughs> um, so Blanca's story is that uh, he was separated from his mother. Um, and then he was—I f- I forget what happened. But he was transformed into the
1: electric monster that he is. So
0: He wasn't born that way. He was not born that way. And no, he, his,
1: he was on a plane, and the plane went down plane went in down. Brazil. Yes, and he was raised by
0: electric eels. He was raised by. I thought, ah! I thought. I thought. I thought he was transformed by electric eels. Okay, so so that happens. But the ending of Street Fighter Two is he's he's reunited with his mother, and he's crying and he's hugging her and like that's the end of the of, of, of the game. And he doesn't bite her. No. That's no good. But rib- I mean, but it does the credits. I mean, oh, it does man. fade out the credits roll.
1: You don't know what happened after that. <laughs> How great would that have been? If she like comes up. It's my baby, my baby. Runs up to him and he just like bites her head off. actually, like his grab and just like. <laughs> oh, like actually, if, if the if the if the screen
0: actually faded out, faded out, faded out, and then right before the credits roll, you heard the sound effect of like. <laughs>
3: Oh like, my god. Like <laughs> it's just that's it. Now I feel like we're talking about corpse party all of a sudden. Yeah. Let's not do that. Oh man. <laughs> but like I feel like it's funny. I think about the idea of Street Fighter and I just kinda chuckle because I as I tend to do with games, I throw a lot of a little bit of real worldism into it. And that the causes of Street Fighter, early on, if I'm not mistaken, Street Fighter two no, not even Street Fighter, II, there was no tournament per se. There was Street Fighter is one of the rare fighting game franchises where it's not centered around a tournament. It's just people fighting each other for reasons. Yeah,
0: so I think the first one, I think there was like a loose story around it. Like fighting Street? The second one was like, you know what, we got these big characters, Um, we give them all like really unique personalities, and then like you kind of learn a story at the end. But there's really, with Street Fighter, like there really is no hard canon to follow. And then the games don't even follow the same timeline. Like. What some th- of them, some of the later ones, happened before the first one and after the second one. Like it doesn't make any sense.
3: Well, the thing is, it's not even about like the canon in this regard. I'm oh, thinking about yeah, it more yeah, from yeah. like just the, dis- the neighborhood disturbance aspect of it all. <laughs> neighborhood you, disturbance. You just get this guy who's throwing sonic booms and a guy who's dropping whirlwind kicks and fireballs, just fighting in the middle of a neighborhood uh, street. Yeah. The yeah. cops don't show it's up. Like no one brings
0: a gun out. of us. what are you doing? My kids are in the house. That, that's like one of the big differences between Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Because like when Mortal Kombat came around, they came in and they were like, "We want like a." story. We want to, like a full like this is why they're doing it, this is what's going on, and and you can learn about it like like as you play the game and it's all told through context clues. And Street Fighter it's like now they're on an airbase. But in Mortal Kombat they're also in a tournament. Yeah they're, they're actually- in an otherworld tournament so all the action is justified. Like there's okay, okay, so Street Fighter four is definitely a tournament. And, oh. and Bison created the tournament so that he could analyze the fighters all of their moves oh, to for make Seth. For Seth to make the
1: ultimate fighter, yeah. yeah that shooter. is sort of the, like, canon-like why. But now, did four happen, I'm trying to remember when four happened <laughs> four? Be, like, related to two. It's a big mixed up, Four. I know that yeah, Four happened after two.
0: But before three, because three's like the last one. Three's
1: like the last one. Five, I think, happened. When I thought three was like the first one, because Charlie, Guile's partner, who was dead in two, is in three. Oh, no, you're right, three. you're
3: right, it is the first one. No, no, four, no three, four,
0: four three. five. Three is not the first one. Three is the is way way later. I think because that's, that's that's. But the, he
3: mentioned Charlie though, which is an interesting Charlie's point. not in three.
0: Oh, yeah. Charlie's an alpha three. Oh, yeah. Charlie's an alpha. Alpha, in alpha, which is okay. the first one, is, the, is an early, okay. early one. And then there's Street Fighter there one, Street Fighter two. That's what I I Street got Fighter up. Four and then five and then three. Drop put some doubt in my head. I was uh, like, wait uh, a minute, see, like. The, Again, it's all
2: anime. Never so pushed to Rob. I could never pushed <laughs> to Rob with
3: Street Fighter. Well, the thing is, like, I own Alpha Three. That's the only that's Like, one of the only Street Fighter games I ever purchased was Alpha Three. So, like, I should know. I knew that, and I was still like, "But am I right anymore?" Well, I don't know. Well, Street because- Fighter Three, I knew was the last one because back when that came out. Yeah. The only fighters from the original franchise that were in it were Ken and Ryu, right? And everyone else was a bunch of new fighters. Yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't until Third Strike, which was like yeah. a third version of the game, that they add back Chun Li and I think also Akuma. I mean, until oh. then it was just the two. Okay. Um. So. Gotcha. Yeah, well, but like in every game, do you know mom's name? Oh, is it Mother Carol? No. Caroline? Karen. No.
3: Caroline.
1: Um, so, according to uh, Sarah Wiki, no. the Street Fighter Wiki, it is Samantha. Samantha! I, I was Mova! Kidding. You know, if he gave me like
0: another five minutes, I would have gotten there. <laughs> <laughs> Just name a bunch of
3: names. Samantha like, would have been like when you got to see you guessing. Yeah. Samantha, though. I, I don't know.
1: Samantha! Blanca's real name, <laughs> Purnell. I know Rob knows. Purnell, do you know Blanca's real name?
3: <laughs> Electric Boy. Billy. <laughs>
1: Rob. Oh, I don't not even remember. Nintendo, I, I, right? don't, I don't remember his real name, no. It's Jimmy. His name is Jimmy. Jimmy.
3: Jimmy Shocker. Jimmy, Jimmy the Shocker. Jimmy the Shocker. <laughs> but yes, I did do Who's the Boss.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, you look sound like a little like Tony Danza over there. Hey, Samantha.
1: Well, unless, you, unless you go by the Street Fighter movie, like live action movie, in which case his real name is Charlie because... He, he is Guile's long-lost friend Charlie in, in Julia. Yeah, they did whatever
0: they wanted. I think I think they I think they knew they were doing something campy, and I think Raul Julia was the only one who realized it, which is why he's like the best performance in that movie. Well, he realized
3: it was a Tuesday, so he could do whatever he wanted. Yeah, wants. he was like, yeah. I'm
0: gonna ham it up. I'm gonna ham it up. Alright, so, yeah. uh, Bedroth, we're back mm-hmm. around to you. Why don't you ham it up for us?
1: We are, and, you know, there are a lot of video game moms. I I originally really wanted to go with specifically games I had played, so I could talk a lot about the moms themselves. I was going to go with, um, and I don't want to spoil any of your songs, but in The Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds, um, one of the side quests you can do is collecting a lot of these little octopus things called Mai Yeah. And you're given that quest by the mother Mai Mai, uh, a big octopus thing, and so... There's some music that plays in her cave, which is kind of kind of calming and sweet and stuff. But in the end, that that, that would have been it if I hadn't found mm. this track. Oh, I went ahead and pulled something from yeah, bait and switch. I pulled something from the Cooking Mama series, <laughs> and um, I didn't think I was going to at first. I went to Cajun, or <clears throat> I went to one of the sites that we use to uh, source the music for older games and listen to a bunch of different Cooking Mama tracks. Mm. And at first, I was kind of like, meh, I don't really know. And then I got around to Cooking Mama Cook-Off, which I believe was the game they released for the Wii.
2: At least one
1: of them. And I found a a results theme that was apparently not used in the game. So this is unused results theme from Cooking Mama Cook-Off, composed by Masayoshi Ishii.
0: back. You're listening to the results screen um, unused from the game Cooking Mama Cook-Off. I'm doing that voice again. For the Nintendo Wii um, and I did not write down the composer. Was the, who is the composer, Bedroth?
1: The
0: composer
1: is
0: Masayoshi Ishii. Nice. I I really liked the Cooking Mama games on the DS. I, I thought they were so much fun. They were, they were silly and I really enjoyed the just the, the kind of quick paced nature of the touch controls have you played a bunch of these
1: i have never played a single one oh, wow. <laughs> i think the closest i've gotten uh, there were a couple of these ds style touchscreen games that i got on like demo where you're making food but i I think the closest I really got to something like this is the cooking minigames in Fantasy Life. Oh, oh yeah, yeah.
3: Worthy thing, because Fantasy Life was the bee's knees.
0: The fantasy Life was
1: Purnell's yeah, life. Yes, it was. I put over 110 well, hours in that game. I really feel like it deserves a port uh, or, you know, a sequel uh, that actually is not on mobile. There was apparently a sequel made for yeah, mobile games. It wasn't. Was, huh? Like, anyway. But we're talking about Cooking Mama. And, yeah, haven't played it much. Uh, I don't really know why but it just never crossed my uh crossed my video game desk as it were mm. but
0: well it's not it doesn't have no,
1: like the, the strongest
0: like mascot characters and it's not like a an action-y yeah. type game it's it's very like a like a calm relaxing having fun well
3: in my case i yeah. would say like the thing that made it so it didn't click for me enough have to go buy it was at the time it came out
0: the original one mind you on the
3: ds it just kind of gave me this vibe of like studio trying to capitalize on new technology to just make like a, you know, like it's a quick hit game. Like, yeah. hey, spin, stir the pet, stir the bowl. Okay, now flip the pancakes. Like that was the vibe. But the thing is that like, Cookie Mama became bigger than that, and as Bedroff's track mm. proves, it got spinoffs and ports. Yeah, not ports. I like sequels. It had yeah, sequels. it really, really
0: did. The um it's um, Just because I think because of, it was just so charming, the people who did play it discovered like how charming it really was, and probably told their friends about it. So yeah, Cooking Mama is really just like it's a series of recipes, and your mama, yo mama, is like the main character in the game, and you're, she's teaching you how to cook these things. And every little thing you have to do is is a mini game with a touch stylus of like chopping the vegetables, putting them in the wok, shaking the wok, and you're just doing all this stuff with the touch stylus. And the reward? Trying to do it as perfectly as possible, almost in a way that's almost like a trauma center uh-huh. under the knife. No, that game was a gem. Uh-huh. I mean, to think about unlike trauma center,
3: oh, uh, your reward for succeeding at this music. game was hearing, better than mama. Yeah,
0: better than mama. It was something. <laughs> or just like mama. Just like mama. <laughs> just like mama. And in, and in a trauma center, it's all about trying to keep somebody alive. God, that game was stressful. <laughs> Did you say you played that
1: bed draw? No, but I've, I've listened to the soundtracks a lot. That's got some really great music oh, in it, really it. It really does.
3: does. Really I regret does. not buying the second one on the DS. I bought the first one. I bought trauma team, and I, brought, I bought the Wii port of the first game, but I never bought trauma center 2, and I think that one sells for a pretty penny now, which you know makes me sad because i
2: would like to you know it's bit... funny
1: i think i'm just i'm not really into the games where you have to really be super precise and have a time limit uh yeah. even with card games like i really don't sure. like card games like speed where you have to like make decisions really fast on the fly i uh i don't know if 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 you have to multitask in games like mm-hmm. they have got these Wordle clones out now where there's like four or eight different orders on the screen <laughs> i yeah. can multi- I can go fast in games if I need to, but if I have to do both at the same time, it really trips me up. So,
3: <laughs> yeah, Wordle I think works better when you're just playing the basic Wordle
0: game right. because
3: it's it's as valued as its simplicity and easy access.
0: Yeah. My wife has has issues with like RPGs like that where if we're playing a game that has like a weight mode fighting system, she can kind of think about strategy and like what character you want to use. But like, as soon as there's an active time battle and there's like a timer going down, it's just like you freeze. You just get so nervous, and like I totally get it. I totally get it. it I have like, the same issue with like action RPGs.
3: What's weird for me is that I'm sort of weird in that respect. You love that stuff. I love that. Like you I, live for I struggle it. at making decisions in real life. Like snap decision, make a choice, throw the box out or keep them. Like, yeah, but in a game. Where, where I don't think like the stakes are high because if I lose, I just lose a battle. whoop de doo yeah. In that regard, I'm like, oh, this is simple. Take this guy, move him over here, charge up these two points, make him use his points to augment this guy's ability. Now he can take his attack and do double damage to this See, guy, but only as long as he's got the axe and that guy's got his shield. Yeah, down, that's which why. Which will take you... it down because this guy can make <laughs> him remove the shield because he has a special ability that makes him release his door's defense because he's attracted to the guy. Whatever. The that's point why is, you it works. take
0: you take that that you take that theory and you apply it video game theory and you apply it to your real life. You
3: say that despite the. fact that you now you should realize that I have like three expansion board game boxes still sitting down was like should I throw these away
0: I no, think so it's like them out. So you have the board game boxes. You gotta take them upstairs, but then you gotta recruit another character. So your brother comes over to help you out, but he's got a special ability to use the recycling bin. <laughs> and the recycling bin's <laughs> been powered up three times. <laughs> Recycle bin level. So three. waste management's gonna come by, and they come by faster <laughs> now.
1: <laughs> Geez, because I'm a hoarder. I'm, I'm the guy who, when I get to the end of a game, I'm still gonna have like 50 potions in my pack oh, because okay. I'm like, well. I could probably survive this battle. I don't need to use it. I, I got to save it in case I need it later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got to save it <them> for <laughs> rainy day. There's, you there's, never know. There
0: should be a there should be a, a mode in RPGs where at the end of the game, as the credits run, you get to scroll through your items. <laughs> this, this be like, stuff look dude, at all yeah. the stuff you wasted. <laughs> you could have used it. You could have done somewhat, much. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I also feel like in every RPG, it, it should tell you like how frequently are you going to come across this item. Uh, You know, if if you use it now, are you going to regret it later because you're never going to see it again? Like, that kind of thing. I feel like all RPGs should tell you that about your items because that's the most stressful thing for me. Not the really super hard ones you got to try multiple times. It's item management.
3: I'll tell you the few games that have pulled it off, (laughs) Mm. not by name, but just the concept, is the games where they make... Usually involves crafting. I'll flat out say that. But games where they make everything semi-hard to get. Mm. Like, obviously, the best stuff is really hard to get, but you're not going to be sitting on 99 uh, 99 ethers, which means you'll never really need to use a turbo ether. Yeah. You'll always be sitting on like five ether and four turbos. <laughs> you're like, well, the time calls. Why waste two ether? I can just drop a turbo.
0: Just yeah. get it done. Yeah, like, like it's like, oh, I, everything's scarce. I'll just use everything that I get, right?
3: Or in a game like Bravely Default, mm-hmm. it'll be a, a situation where it's like, okay, every turn matters. Do you want to spend three turns dropping ether to get this guy's level up to the point where he can use an attack? or just save the turns, hit them with a super, so Mm -hmm. you can just do it one time and call it a day.
0: I think this happens when people are, like, the the developers are tuning the games after, like, you know, okay, let's get the playtesters in. And the the playtesters come back and they're like, you know what, it's too hard. And the game developer's like, you know what, we can fix that. Just put more potions in there. (laughs) And so now it's like, oh, okay, now I ended the game with 50 potions. and
1: like, well, that's because the playtesters thought it was a little too hard. (laughs) But now you can make a really ripping stew. (laughs) What I wonder is, Rob, how many potions are in your next game? Oh, oh, well. Hey, Bedroff, pulling a rob (laughs) on. Don't don't rob me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, there are no
0: potions because in this game, it's a game of tennis. This is Mario Tennis Aces starring Mama Rosalind. Rosaline? Rosaline? <laughs> Rosalou, I don't know. Rosalina. Rosalina, thank you. And
3: keep in mind after I got to I gotta pick the oh,
0: track. Oh, we're back to the Frasier um, analogy. She's Roz. <laughs> 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 um, we're going to listen to the track Challenge Court, composed by Motoi Sakuraba.
3: Motoi Sakuraba.
0: You've just listened to Challenge Court from the game Mario Tennis Aces, composed by Motoi Sakuraba. I think this was uh, on the Nintendo Switch, right? It is. These Mario...
3: I have to bring it over one day. I Mario
0: to- sports games are awesome. Yes, my, they My are. brother-in-law, he moved out here um, to the East Coast, and he got a Switch for his kids. And he said, what games are good? What games should I get? And I should talk to Purnell, right? And I said, yeah, absolutely talk to Purnell. But if there's any game that has the word Mario in front of it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. You're going to enjoy it. If it's golf, or if it's tennis, or if it's racing, or if it's just Mario, Mario. But like, if it's Mario Party, you're going to have a separation in the house. <laughs> yeah, you, your kids might not be alive when you come home from work. But uh, but still, it's like, yeah, that, that's these it's are just Mario really, really good really
1: times.
3: Right, Mario Divorce Lawyer. What
0: happened? Well, that's the sequel to Mario Party, you see. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I picked this game because uh, Rosalina's in it, and she is with the adoptive mother of the Lumas, 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 Lumas,
2: Lumas. from Mario Galaxy. Looma, right? Looma, Looma. Mario, Mario, how yeah. much do I Mario love the Lumas? Years Looma, ago, Looma, I actually Looma, got a, a
3: friend who does like stitch work. her name is Renee she actually made for me these two cute like a blue and a black luma like plush dolls. They're uh, so adorable. They really Oh um, the are. black one she made me a black oh, one and a blue one. They're still are in my house right now. Uh, I just have them.
0: Oh, that's nice. Those little adorable lumas. Oh, that's uh, uh Kevin's Kevin's wife, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. People who have like who have the ability to like sew and stitch things like is amazing to me. Like they right? can just create something. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I was a uh, before I was a podcaster, I, I was a, a high school teacher for a little while. Taught English, mm-hmm. and one of the years I taught, I taught the the Odyssey. And one of the kids in my class, uh, this year I was, I, I taught the uh, the advanced, the honors English kids, and one of the kids in my class, w- we did this big project where like we took up hallway walls and stuff like that with posters and murals. Like I, I had them get really crafty and stuff. A couple of my kids composed a little, like, a theme for the Cyclops that the, the Odysseus fights. Cool. And one of the girls in my class sewed a little doll that was a, it was just a little, a cute little chibi Cyclops doll. And I loved it so much. I made a comment. I was like, you know what? He's really lonely, though. Like, he needs a little Cyclops girlfriend. And at the end of the year, she surprised me with a Cyclops <laughs> girlfriend
2: Aww. for
1: that have them both. I've still got them both. I love them so much. The, uh, the, but yeah, you're right, Rob. That kind of stuff is just—it's so sweet. That's it's so, so cool.
0: cool. I love that. That's a great story. Like the I, ability to create. Like,
3: and it comes. It boils in like a lot of stuff. It's like whether you're cooking or you're writing or you're composing or you're sewing. Like, just the ability to create is one of the most magical things that humans have been given the capability to do. It's mm. just amazing what you what people can really produce. Cool. And someone might sit there and tell you, oh, a Luma doll, what's the value in that? I can't eat a Luma doll or I can't I can't do something productive with them. Like, maybe that Luma makes me happy just having a Luma. Maybe that Cyclops doll makes you happy to see when you see it on, the, on your nightstand or something. Like, it's yeah. just cool. To, I don't know. It, it feels good. like Like Florida quality orange juice. It just makes <laughs> you feel good.
0: Yeah, I, I like I like making a podcast every week, and uh, I like making music, and I like doing. I, I love gardening. I spent this whole weekend just outside in the dirt, um, and and it's it's not. It's always rewarding when it's done, like when I've like step back and look at it. But then it's always like a month later when things have really started to grow mm-hmm. that I'm like, yes, I, I did this. I made all of this. Um, all right, Pernell, make me a track as best as you can. Nick G M B G M Baker's man. <laughs>
3: Be a track as fast as you can. This comes from a game that's composed by a guy named Scott McFadden. It's not what you think, because it's not a track that really stinks. It comes from a game called Citizens of Earth. The track's called Hometown. For what it's worth, give it a try. I think you'll dig. The earbeats coming to you will make you sing.
2: Oh. <laughs> Let <laughs> Welcome back. Ben.
3: You're listening to Hometown from the game Citizens of Earth, originally released on the Wii U, but I'm pretty sure it got ported. composed by Scott McFadden. Uh, this is a track that plays in the original town you start the game off in, your actual hometown. And I could have used a more fitting track, most notably related to your mom's house, boom, in your face. But I chose not to because I just thought this track was better. So, your mom's house is
0: so on Earth, it's a citizen of Earth. (laughs) It's got his his own citizenship. It's got its own soundtrack composed by Scott McFadden. (laughs) (laughs) So,
3: this is another example of a game where the mother takes, you know, front stage and does a lot of work. Mm -hmm. So, at the beginning of the game, the main character is, if I'm not mistaken, he's the president of Earth. Like, they... If they really ham it up in that regard, yep. and he's going out trying to help solve, you know, like neighborhood problems. It, the, the the narrative ramps up, but initially he's just going out to solve, help, help the neighborhood solve problems and such. And he's trying to show the neighborhood that he's a good person; they should love him. And his your first party members that you get are actually your brother and your mom. Oh, <laughs> and your mom is like your main healer in the group. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's great. And it's really cool. She's a great character, too. Like, I had a hard time getting rid of her when I found other party members
0: <laughs> because you keep everybody. You can choose who you want at any time. So they're all, they're all, yeah. That, I had that issue with Chrono Cross for a while like so I had to, like, really zero in on the, on the characters that I liked because you get so many. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then, you, then once, and then it's not just like, well, I've worked with them for so long. Now they're like they're the higher levels than anybody else. It's like you start to really love the little, little personalities of these characters. And
3: that's kind of yeah. the vibe I get from this game too. In that, uh, of course, when you once you get them and their narrative is done, they don't mm. do a lot of talking per se. Yeah. But the personality comes out in their attacks and such because every person in this game is based off of a profession more likely. Right. Mom is a profession in this case. You're like mom, but then your brother's a postal worker, so he's like a postal worker and you get like a hacker, you get a barista from Moon um, get, And every character's attacks are based off of that profession. So there's like a beekeeper and their attacks are all based around bees. And there's just this fun element to be like, what does the barista do? Oh, she makes everybody faster. She gives them haste because she gives you coffee. Like it's just, there's a lot of charm in this game's creation and the layout of it. Like, the music can go either way. Like it's not bad. But there are a lot of tracks that make you go, I'm going to bop this in my car. Yeah. But the elements of just experience, what you experience while you play the game, and choosing characters and watching the enemies and all that, their personality just bursts forth from it. And it's a good game that, unfortunately, did not get a lot of love. Neither did this sequel, Citizens of Space. And as I was telling you in Bedraw on the break, this is one of the only games I can think of in history where... They made the first game on the wii u then they made the sequel on the switch and then later they ported this one to the switch while adding an extra narrative that actually links the two games citizens of earth and citizens of space together you can play both games simultaneously it's like you press one button you'll jump to the other game and you can just choose when you want to play which one. Oh, interesting and then every once in a while something will happen and the narrative that will connect the two games, you might have to bring both of them together to fight these, like, aliens that are actually affecting both worlds simultaneously. It's just... That's really clever. It's yeah. really clever. Like, I've again, I've never seen another game pull this off. You've had things like, you know, Oracle of Ages and Seasons where you could put a password between the two, and then you'll find a new final boss or whatever, but nothing that outright says these two narratives are intertwined, and we chose to do that later. Right. <laughs> so there's something cool about that.
0: That is cool. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know much about Nintendo Wii U, but I do know something for now. Something about the bonus round. yeah. The bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and <laughs> arrangements. <laughs> bonus round. That's a Bedrock special for Yeah, there you go. I'm gonna keep that in. There you go. Um, The bonus round, we're playing covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. And our theme is Mother's Day. All about moms. Mama. (laughs) Mamas. Cooking mamas. Blanca mamas. (laughs)
3: Mama, dry my eyes. Tennis. And make sure I can play more games tomorrow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, Bedroth, what do you have for us for the bonus round?
1: Prudell mentioned earlier that Ness's mom doesn't really feature a whole lot in the game Earthbound. And I'm going to talk about that a little when we come back, because my bonus track pick is actually associated with Ness's mom in Earthbound. Mm -hmm. It's also one of my very favorite video game music covers ever. I just love it so much. It is officially it's uh, an Insane in the Rain uh, production, which I know Rob, you love all the uh, all the stuff Carlos does there. Yeah, uh, but also features um, Sab, Irene, Family Jewels, and Adriana Figueroa. Oh, this is Pollyanna from the Mother series, originally composed by Keiichi Suzuki, uh, with lyrics by Catherine Warwick. And I'm also going to say. Go look up the video because the video is also really, really cool hmm. on YouTube. All right. We'll the fact
3: that this is Pollyanna, which
0: I adore.
3: Yeah. And it has family jewels involved. I am very sure. Yeah, serious. I know you're
0: a big fan of his. Yeah. We're back. That was uh, the, the uh, beautiful arrangement of Pollyanna from Earthbound, picked by Bedroth. That was fantastic. Purnell I'm, was bopping to that track. I, I, I got to say, like, I am genuinely,
3: truly glad you chose that track because we were saying it on the break, but Pollyanna, the vocal version of it, is one of my all-time favorite VGM tracks, like just, just period, because er, the original wasn't in the game aside from like just like an instrumental that played – in certain places in the in Earthbound Zero or the first Mother game. But yeah. hearing the vocal track for the first time practically made me shed tears. Like, mm. it's wholesome. It's one of the most wholesome tracks I have ever heard in my life. And you feel it when you listen to it. So thank you for choosing this track as like this cover to submit.
1: Absolutely, man. I, I'm going to earn my, my spot here because I'm going to ramble just a little bit. So, <laughs> Rob, feel free to could cut me off. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> but so i i'm with you i love this track so much the lyrics are so great and uh, i think rob has got actual recording of you and me both singing along to this so <laughs> you can, you can definitely like, later yeah the, <laughs> but this is so this track, first time I heard it was in Earthbound because that was my first exposure to the series, like, like a lot of people. If it's not Smash, then it's Earthbound. And this is the track that plays when you go back home after your quest starts. And you're actually in your house, and your mom is there. So that's the mom connection. And I went back and forth between this one and the love theme from Mother 3, specifically Mom's Hometown, which is like my favorite version of the uh, the love theme. It's the one that gets featured in Smash. I went back and forth between both of those because they're both associated with your mom. And Hinawa in Mother 3 is a really, really great character. But I, I eventually went with this one partially because I love this cover so much, but also because this is in all three of the games. The series is called Mother. Mm-hmm. And when, in, in this game... When you're out and about, just like with a lot of different games, you can get status effects that will negatively impact you. And with a lot of them, there are items that will fix it. Like if you're poisoned, you can use an antidote. If you have heat stroke, you can use a wet towel. If you have a cold, you can use a cold remedy. But there is one status effect that only affects Ness, and there's only one way to fix it. That status effect is homesickness. And if Ness is homesick, then in a fight... When it's Ness's turn, instead of being dizzy or taking damage or whatever, Ness will randomly think about his favorite food. Or Ness will will remember something about his his dog barking when when he was a kid. Or it's some kind of memory that distracts him Mm -hmm. so he can't take his turn. And the only way to fix homesickness in the game is to call your mom. Yes. Oh, I love that. I actually tested this back home, it doesn't work. Wait, so if you, if you go you to the actual your... house, you don't cure homesickness? <laughs> it doesn't cure homesickness. They, just didn't <laughs> I never program. checked
3: that. That is
1: so but if you cool. call yeah. it, Anytime else, when you call your mom, it, she just kind of gives you like a little pep talk or something, and it doesn't really do much of anything. I think that she can... She has some function in the game. Dad is the one that saves your game. Your sister Tracy helps you store items. I don't remember what mom does other than, if you're homesick, you have a special kind. Con- conversation with her and she's just she's like don't say a word i i can tell what's going on and i'm really proud of you you're you're my big strong boy so something like that i, I don't remember the actual text of the conversation <laughs> but it's just really 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 sweet and i love it i love it so much i so gotta point out one more pick. thing too Polly because
3: Ann. you made a comment and i think it's one of the most hilarious elements of the game so we got to mention it because you, you forgot this one part you said the, yes. the, the, the sister does the item storage, and the dad stays the game. Your dad has one other ridiculous I was, function. I was going
0: to say, I've only played this game a little
3: bit, and he, oh, I know yes. he does. The dad gives you all of your money. Now, the mechanics of the game are that when you beat enemies, you actually generate money. But your yep. dad is the one that's like just mysteriously collecting all of this revenue and putting it in your bank account. So there's just something funny about, okay, I was grinding Starman Supers to get the Sword of Kings. I fought him for four hours straight, but I finally got it. Let me go call Dad to save my game. All right, Ness, just want you to know I just deposited $6 million in your bank account. Don't ask where I got it because I'll have to kill you if I tell you. Just, just, say it. just
0: being a good dad. You know, just, just a good... <laughs> You're a good
3: dad with mafia connections. Don't worry about
0: it. Oh, uh, I, I love that! That's such a great idea for like a status effect in the game, or for with a game that's that uh, of an RPG fantasy game that takes place in the real world. Of course, you would have something like that. Yep, you know, it's, it's awesome. A, it's just a great idea. I love that. All right, Purnell, what's what's your arrangement? Ain't topping that. Oh. <laughs> Out the way, but
3: I do like what I chose because I was going for a theme for my last track. Because to me, the greatest video game mom across multiple games ends up being Mother Earth or some form of Mother Earth the world you're playing. Oh, cool. So the the track that I chose is a cover of the track Mother Earth Altago from the game E seven. It's a full band ensemble and it's done by the likes of Joe Muntel, Copan and Max Max the Ichitaku. back. You're listening to the Mother Earth Altago full band cover from the game E7, originally released on the PSP. Actually, it needs to get ported. Freaking heck! Um, Composed or covered by the likes of Joe Muntel, Copan, and Max the Ichitaku. It it stands to reason that the E series stands a holds a very comfortable, loving place in my heart. I just got my 500th workout in. I was asked to submit to the gym my name, my gym name. Mm-hmm to get featured in a newsletter. So it's going to be funny that I'm going to be this loser. I was like, Pernell, a.k.a. Adol the Red. Oh, is, I
0: thought you were going to go Purnell.
3: No, my name is Adol <laughs> the Red at the gym. Um <laughs> to be looking for like
0: a red-headed person.
3: No, I wear red shirts all the time. Oh, that's right. You do. So, Adol, I love E's. And E7 was the first game. It, it, st- it set a standard for the series because it was the first one that featured different types of damage. And it featured multiple party members. So it's the first one where Adol wasn't rolling solo across whatever world he was saving. So it needed a rather grand track to kick off the adventure. And what track was more important than a track devoted to the actual country and world you were actually on? Mother Earth Altago. Altago being the country. Mother Earth being the fact that there's a lot of actual earth or like planetary existence to the game's narrative. Because at the end of the game I'm not going to spoil like specifics like who or why is doing it, but the world itself is ending because the world's just tired of humans ruining it. Oh, okay. So it's,
0: it's pretty true to life then. We're doing, it really is. We're doing and, all right there. And the final <laughs>
3: battle is essentially you proving to the planet that humans deserve to live on it. Mm. And I kind of like that because can you imagine a situation where we're like, we we can actually communicate with the earth <laughs> and you're like, look what you've done to me. You're you pee on the walls. That's a very like my
0: country. It's a very Star Trek thing where uh, Picard is arguing with Q um, why humanity deserves to exist despite just destroying each other and their planet forever and ever and ever. That
3: actually happened because so I want to watch that. Yeah, episode. it's the first
0: episode of Next Generation. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I want to watch that episode. It's it's, it's, I, it's cheesy. I'm fine with oh, that. Oh,
3: it's cheesy. Let's be honest <laughs> that that conversation at its core would have to be cheesy yeah because you have to dive deep into the element of like what makes humans human, yeah. to actually justify why humans deserve to live despite you know the usuals and I, so I, I feel, that's cheese yeah.
0: incarnate I feel the first season of, of Star Trek next generation t- is cheesy, and it takes a while to get into its nice pacing seriousness anyway. This is a Star Trek, the podcast.
3: <laughs> Star Trek, the next E7. All right. Um, oh, I, would,
2: I would be very quiet on that podcast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us. I'm I'm notorious for disliking Star Wars and Star Trek, but I do admit you my just... dislike for Star Trek stems from the fact that it was the show that ended cartoons on weekday afternoon blocks. Ooh. And I was like, well, Aww. I'm not watching any more Fox Kids. I don't give a crap about Star, Wars, Star <laughs> Trek. I'm going to go do anything else because you ended my favorite like... cartoons. I'm missing out.
1: I like Star Wars, don't love it, but I like it. And I'm just indifferent to Star Trek because I've never... It's kind of like anime for me. A lot of anime, is there's so much to it that I've never jumped in. And uh, I probably would like it, but I'm okay. I think uh, (laughs) anime,
3: the trick, especially nowadays, is just telling someone who knows a lot about it what you like in general and have them recommend stuff to you. Because at this point, anime's done everything. You can watch any type of show... Just yeah. done anime stuff. I just style. want to find the
0: right ones. It's like going into a comic book shop and then, like, well, anyway, the, the good ones I've been to, and there's one down the road for me that's mm-hmm. excellent, where, like, someone there is, like, really knows everything. And you, you know, I'm not know what I'm looking for, but I like these types of things. And they'll be like, oh, these things are going to be great for you. And, like, you can kind of read through them and fight, figure out. Yeah. Like, you need, like, a curator, someone who can make those good recommendations exactly. for you. Um, Yeah. Like we are, are one, for, for video
1: game music. I'm
3: going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I want to recommend one right now so. just off the cuff just because I want to try it out. Like, don't watch it, per se. just like look it up on oh, the internet. Star Trek Deep Space Nine? That probably isn't anime, to be honest. I want to even The Voyager.
0: Yes. The Discovery? That's the one. Right. It's
3: called Inuyashiki.
0: Inuyasha? I love no, Inuyasha. No, I do no. Love Inuyasha. Everyone does
3: that. Inuyashiki. Okay. It's about an old man who has a family and the family doesn't treat him all that well. Like He's pretty much like downbeaten relative in the family or whatever and it gets weird because the narrative plot is that he's walking his dog and he's contemplating what his value is to his family to Mm -hmm. earth because he's depressed and a meteor crash our spaceship crashes into him and kills him and then the aliens get out of the ship and they go oh my god what the heck did we do you just (laughs) killed a human (laughs) like they're freaking out like okay don't worry it's okay we can fix it we can take care of this so they rebuild him, <laughs> and he turns into this indestructible superhuman. <laughs> but he doesn't know it; he just thinks he fell asleep on a hill. Oh, uh, that's funny! Oh, I gotta
0: find this one.
3: It's really good because it sounds it, wacky. T- but t- that's Put the, the name only... in our
1: chat so now when you get a chance.
3: I can. I'll do that for sure. Because yeah. the thing about this most important is that it sounds wacky because the premise is wacky, but it's actually a legitimate, like heartfelt show. Because mm-hmm. another person, and I'm gonna finish at this. Another person got killed in that incident, too. And he also becomes a superhuman droid. But whereas the main character is this old, heartfelt old man who's just searching for his answers in life, the other guy is kind of a sociopath. Oh. So yeah, that's cool. So there's like this weird tug of war <sighs> between like being that they're the only two that can stop each other on the planet. But they have different thoughts on how life is. and It's really, really oh, good. Wow.
0: It's really good. Yeah, it sounds yeah really good. I really would like to watch that.
1: I'm into this. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, my last track, for now, is uh, one of the the great mothers of all video games, Genova.
1: <laughs> oh, Christ, <laughs> great. I hoped someone would bring this.
0: Yes, <laughs> uh, the mother of Sephiroth, and oh, the destroyer of the world. This is the. This is actually the uh, the arrangement from Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. This is Genova's theme composed by Nobuo Uematsu. And um, these were some of the newer tracks um, added to the game. And so I don't know the arranger for this one. Um, Who knows? It could be Uematsu again. Probably not. So here we go from Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, the arrangement of Genova's theme. Guess what, everybody? What? Guess what? I discovered that it is not an arranged track in <laughs> Smash Brothers Ultimate. It is just the music from Final Fantasy VII, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. And you know what? It was also on my list. <laughs> yeah. So forget all you guys. I'm just going to listen to this track. It's, it's great. I love that opening.
3: It's still a good it's track so good. in its own right. We're gonna knock it. We're not going to knock you for it. We'll tease you,
0: though. <laughs> oh, you can tease me. Oh, you can tease me. <laughs> but we ain't going to knock you for it. But yeah, but just that that quick little, like, uh, there's, like, four or five notes repeating and then just going right into, like, those drums. And it's just it's so Oimatsu. It's
3: awesome in it's the great. game when it happens, too, great. because when Final Fantasy VII battles start, they had this, like, weird, like, spinning pan down to the actual battle scene. And when Jenova fights occur in the actual game proper, it was always, like, this... It had a very grand feel to it. Like, I'm fighting an outer space entity, and now we got to go to town. She's, like, this big, I guess even for that era, just for that era, Mm -hmm. very hawking, like, presence over the rest of the party. And having this music play to those battles made it feel special.
0: I always liked that about the Final Fantasy games. Like, this final boss has always felt, like, so, like, uh, otherworldly. Like, you're almost, like, in space now. You're, like, in the universe. But that's just it, though.
3: Genova. Like, Safer Sephiroth was the whole... We're standing on like this weird space plane
2: somehow, yeah, yeah. but
3: Genova was interspersed throughout the game, like in just weird element areas, like in a yeah. lab or like out in this cave or something. So you were it was like, if anything, it was like a weird version of where it was Like it was an otherworldly being, but made like placed in like a conventional location. It was like whoa, like if anything, it kind of felt more special because like what well, – they didn't give you this weird space background. We're in the basement of a lab. <laughs> <laughs> and she's still flipping <laughs> out on us with these whatever spell she's casting and crap. Hmm.
0: Well, I hope you all enjoyed that song. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Um, for more information on the bonus round, you can go to rhythmandpixels.com or we'll have links to the arrangers and remixers that we've had on the show, their sound clouds of band camps, and everywhere you can go and find the music, stream the music, maybe even buy that music and support these artists. Thanks to everybody. Thank you all. Thanks to all of our listeners. Thank you, and you, and you. Thank you, everybody. And me. And him. <laughs> Even you? And them over there.
3: <laughs> also me.
0: I am a listener. And those people in the corner <laughs> <laughs> that are watching those us this Those people on the spotlight? Um, thank you, everybody. Yeah. Everybody for listening to our show. <laughs> Episode 32-5? 5, yes, dash 5 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is uh, our Video Games Moms episodes. Starring Purnell and Bedroth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bedroth, thanks for F coming on Nichols. again. And Rob F. and Nichols. <laughs> but <it's, laughs> F is for Frank. F is for Frank. Um, wow, my whole name is on the internet now. I'm going to cut this out. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, such Just make him a fake That's one. Fine. Oh, um, Franklin. Darn Rob, it. <laughs> it's Rob Frogert Nichols. <laughs> Frogert. <laughs> um thank you, Bedrock. You're for, very welcome for, for hanging out. Yeah. I really appreciate you <laughs> spending the night with us um spending
1: the night with us
0: <laughs> talking about moths. <moms>. Yeah. <laughs> thanks,
1: <laughs> thanks for responding on a, on to on such short notice to my my offer to come back on the show and grace you with my presence it was it, all, it, it was we like fun. hanging out with you yeah, we, like, we like
0: we like hanging out you're 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 a nice guy you, you you have a great taste in music and honestly all this scheduling just worked out perfectly
1: so you bring a, yeah, vo- yeah, you bring really,
3: a very positive vibe to this entire community bit
1: yeah Oh, but while, well, I, I feel very much the same way about you guys. Oh, thank, thank you, thank
0: you. We really appreciate that because it's 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 one of the things we love about the community, uh, the, the video game music appreciation community. <laughs> I guess we have to call it that. There's a lot of great podcasts, <laughs> yeah. and, and there's some so many of them um, of of the other producers and hosts of these shows are just fantastic people. So. Um our listeners of the show, if you will enjoy this show, there's many other great shows out there. In fact, one of them is hosted by a person that you've been listening to right now. So Bedroth, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about your show and where they can find you?
1: Yes. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at vgm pod. Uh, you can also find me on Discord in the, uh, the channels for most of the VGM podcasts. But also in my own channel, uh, you can find a link to my Discord in the show notes of all of my episodes of Very Good Music, a podcast that I host with my 16 year old kid, Shuka Pow. And we talk about uh, video games we love, uh, music from those games, a little bit of reminiscing, a little bit of comparison for like the games I played when I was a kid, now hmm. the games that Shuka Pow plays. And you can also find me on BG Mania, which is a more traditional just uh, two guys reminiscing about awesome video game music uh, that I host with Brian and uh, you can find both those discords in the show notes for their respective shows and come and talk to us there. That's probably the best place to find me. Awesome.
0: Yeah. And I encourage our listeners definitely check them out. They're, they're fantastic shows. Our last episode with Bedroth was all about video game dads because he is doing um, his show with his kid, which I think is fantastic. Um, But if you'd like to get in contact with us, um, if you want to send us a track suggestion, topic suggestion, or if you just have any a general suggestion about you know the way we talk, the way we dress, the way we smell, we'd love to hear all about it. <laughs> send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. I'm asking for it now. Um <laughs> And uh, if you want a full track listing from this episode and all of our episodes and, and access to all the other cool stuff that we're doing, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com That's the best way to also uh, find our Discord. We have our Discord uh, server there. There's a link at the top of that page. You can come in and chat with us. It's, it's fairly active. And, and if you ever want to get in contact with us directly, that's a pretty pretty cool way to do it. We also have a YouTube radio station that's playing 24-7 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts it's at youtube.com slash rhythm and pixels uh, and if you want to support the show the best thing you can do is just to tell people about it or you can hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on or you can go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels and all your support there helps, uh, helps keep running keep the show running and keeps us going to events and conventions we'll be at too many games uh, this year in june and then um, to come up with a topic too. Yeah, we gotta yeah. come up with something cool. You told me that we did something fun last year. We, oh, I gotta finish my. No, no, 2019. And I forgot to tell you. And what and it I was don't about. remember what it was. I remember it was fun.
3: I still. He's, I remember the fun element. No, I thought
0: this <laughs> was. I thought I knew what we did, and then you were like, "No, no, no, no." I'll tell you. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you
3: after, and I won't forget this. Okay, time.
0: Yeah, don't forget. Uh, and and I'll before I kick you out of my house and (laughs) (laughs) I'm exhausted and um, so yeah so there's uh, all of that stuff is very helpful there Um, you also get cool stuff like t-shirts and mugs and stickers all all that goes through patreon you get access to uh, prequel episodes you get access to monthly live streamed episodes and then at the end of every episode we'd like to thank all of our patreon members at the highest levels So we'd like to thank uh, Brooke and Frankly Zappa, both of you. Thank you so, so much, so much for supporting our show. We want to thank uh, the number one. Number one. Just the number one. Uh, Gamefan44. Got more numbers showing up here. (laughs) Uh, Mike Myers. Person, Vashon8060. Alex Messenger, a host of AVGM Journey. Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt. Cameron Warma. Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast. Chris Steenerson. Chris Weisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. The wise guy. Uh, Christopher Senstrom Davey Cakes, David Taylor, Enchilada Regal, Harold Howard, Jeff Maziota, Jeff, 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 the Tri-Jeff. Triple Jeff. Uh, Justin Schneider, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio. Martiris, <laughs> host of the ReVGM podcast, um, a podcast of all covers, arrangements, and remixes. Uh, Michael, Dr. Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound version podcast. Michael Jennings, hmm?
1: I said holla. holla,
0: holla, at the Michael, uh, Michael Jennings Rage Cage host of the VGM Emporium, um, where you can find all of your VGM needs
3: right, low, low discount prices.
0: <laughs> so low, he must be crazy. Uh, Reinhardt Selkova. all the rage that fit the cage. <laughs> so oh, I like nice. that. Rage that the cage. Uh, Sleepy S'mores, Steve Miller, that's case Ryan Hartzelkova. Ryan Selkova. Taco. And Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy, thank you, thank you very, very much. This last show was about the music of the Quattro uh, series games.
3: When you said that to me earlier, I was like, "Are you kidding oh, me? The music the is freaking incredible, dizzy."
0: Yeah, well, for, that's a whole thing on its own. There's like, there's like, I don't know, there's like ten like or fifteen Rumble, of those games, um, like on the Amiga and Commodore, but. Um, the music on the on those games are fantastic they're, on, they're all composed and developed by one person and if you want to talk about arpeggios that's arpeggiode. <laughs> <laughs> there's a <laughs> lot of good ones in there so yeah so check that out um, thank you all very much for your support of our show thank you all and, and many more too um, for supporting our, our little program um, uh, this was kind of a, a quick record with Bedroth I'm really excited to have you on the show so thank you very Absolutely. much for spending the time with us.
1: I got one quick thing before uh, Purnell graces us with his Purnell of wisdom, as (laughs) Earl calls him. Please do. Uh, (laughs) uh, A couple of honorable mentions that whenever I am on another show, actually for any show, I I have a short list, quote short list, of sometimes a few dozen different tracks on the theme that I like constantly play on repeat so I can pick out the very best ones. Anyway, so a couple of the ones I I tossed. Oops. One of them... is the 5-Volt stage from WarioWare Gold. 5-Volt uh, is 9-Volt's mom, probably most well-known in gaming as the mom that freaks out on Smash the WarioWare level in Smash. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Mother's Lullaby from Pikuniku, a fun little game that I just recorded yes. an episode about with uh, with my twins. Do you who like we free money? <laughs>
2: That's
1: what I think about <laughs> when I think about that game. <laughs> There's a a mama worm in one area of the game who sings a lullaby for her kiddos. Uh, And then finally a track Hello from A Short Hike which is about this uh, teenage bird girl who goes to spend a summer with her aunt on this island. And you find out some things about her relationship with her mom throughout the show. And there's a very meaningful phone call with her mom at the end. And uh, this is the track that plays during that. And A Short Hike is a really, really fantastic little game I encourage people to go play. And
3: it's short for folks who are concerned about time. It is short. Really short. It's
1: really low impact, stress-free, really, really great short little game. Fantastic music. That's good. It's yeah. a
0: short hike. <laughs> I, I love the artwork <laughs> of that game, too. It's very, very, very pretty, very colorful. Yep. And it's just like it's like a. I, I like games that uh, the, 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 the developer of Fez, all the controversies aside, he said that when he developed Fez, he wanted to make a game that, that had spaces that you just wanted to enjoy being in, that you were like happy mm-hmm. to be living or playing in this space um, and, and wanted to spend time there. And I feel like a short hike is like that. They wanted you to just enjoy that time in that space.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I really like that the composer's name is Mark Sparling, and that sounds like Starling. That sounds like game about perfect <laughs> perfect bird. I love that.
0: <laughs> well, thank you for the honorable mentions, um, you know, because it's important to have moms on video games
3: we need more yeah. of them like I said like, I even more. if that ends up not being our Patreon episode for May <sighs> mm-hmm. I would seriously want more people to submit tracks related to video game mothers. like I'm kind of yeah. hooked on that thought now it's stuck in my head
0: one tap <laughs> so well actually um, our next episode is going to be our live streamed episode so but because
3: I thought we already chose a topic I'm, I'm concerned if we did
0: I, did I don't know but we'll find out soon <laughs> de- i haven't de- heard de- of de- it de- de- <laughs> de- yeah if he hasn't heard i haven't heard and, and we do the show i have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks everybody for enjoying the show thanks again bedroth for coming on um this, the show is rhythm and pixels my name is rob nichols and i'm pernell have a good night have a good week have a good day have a good year
3: do it have a good past and remember mom's well, if we're lucky, basically mothers and parental figures in general are generally something that a lot, I feel like I at least have taken for granted in a sense where not in a negative light, but just more like you feel like, you know, mom's the mom's mom, dad's dead, and they're, they're doing for me what they do. You know, the usual type like, mom, get out of my house, get out of my room, I'm busy, or mom, stop calling me, I'm in the middle of something, you know, but... Mom time and dad time is not guaranteed. It's not permanent. It's not forever, and it's worth taking a moment every once in a while to step back and go, "What my mom's up to." Give my mom a call because she, she's very important <laughs> in your life. I would hope anyway. And as such, it is worth giving her that acknowledgement. Not you're out about and doing your own thing to realize, even though you don't really need her as much as you used to. She's still there. She still loves you. And you still have time to make memories with her and acknowledge her presence. So every once in a while when you can, just reach out. Say, hey, Mom, what you up to? Want to eat a sandwich with me at the park? If you don't? That's cool. I one wanted to see anyway. You do? Let's get down to business. I'm going to get pastrami and rye with some wheat and some whole grain milk because that doesn't exist, but I'm going to find it. So just saying. Oh, I,
0: I drink oat milk. Oat, my oat milk is whole grain. <laughs> There it is. My oat milk stock went down.
3: So, (laughs) oatly. Uh
0: -uh. So,
3: good night, folks.